G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And Mike, we're back for our season finale of Eurovision 2022 season. Bit of a break since our last one. We have taken a bit of time to do this one. So we, um, you know, obviously went on a bit of a holiday after the actual contest. So we wanted to, you know, just chill out and let the dust settle. And now we're back. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long season. This is actually our 91st episode of the season. Christ almighty. <laughs> and Jeez. normally we're sitting in here sweating because mm. it's summer, but it's actually winter. We're both in jumpers now. Mm. We're not in the lovely Italian um, sun that we were after Turin. But it was a lovely trip over there, wasn't it? Certainly was. So Turin was amazing. And then, of course, the rest of Italy. We went to Sicily. We went back up north to Bergamo to Bellagio on Lake Como. So it was a very lovely, lovely Italian trip. Yes, Lake Como. Sounds like we're very rich, far far from it. (laughs) Far from it, especially after that trip. Now, look, our end of season finale, we have to go back and look at Eurovision before we look at the whole national final season because a Mm -hmm. lot has happened on it. It was also our first trip back as well for a long time. So I thought, Mike, we would start this off rather than talking about the winner... I want to play another song that kind of sums up, I think, the Eurovision experience for us this year. Well, look, that was the interval song from semi-final one, Mike. It is a song from 2020, mm-hmm. but like, I think, I think it was very cathartic, not just for us coming back to the contest for the first time, but for fans overall from home and in Turin. Yeah, it certainly got a massive reception in the uh, arena, didn't it? It was. Definitely one of those moments from the whole competition. It was just, there was something lingering around that just needed to be put to bed. And I think they did it very, very well. I notice it's got over a million views now on YouTube about a month afterwards. So, yeah, it, it, it was definitely one of the highlights. Yeah, I think putting to bed is the right way to put it because, yes, 2021 was the first contest and that was amazing and Rotterdam did a great job, but you couldn't have fans travel from all over the world. We are were all still sitting at home, a lot of people in isolation. This is the first time so many people got to come together. It was the first time we got to go to the contest since 2018. Um, you know, we were due to go to 2020 and it was the most emotional moment for me and I do think it did put everything to bed and I can't watch it now without crying. It was just <laughs> fantastic. Probably the highlight for the whole Torino experience for me certainly probably the best interval act for me from the whole of the three shows and look that was part of the italian hosting now let's talk about turin as a host city and the competition overall there's been a little bit of negativity about it which i think some of it fair some of it not so fair because i thought the host city was fantastic oh the city itself is beautiful like absolutely wonderful city i think where the criticism comes in is is for the fan things things like the village wasn't very well thought out i mean we tried to go there we took one look at the queue and said don't worry about that we're not going there and then also you had a lack of sort of centralized euro clubs where people could congregate and things like that we didn't have a euro cafe things like that so i think on that side of things it kind of fell down a little bit Um, How much is up to the organisers or whatever, I'm not entirely sure. But as far as the in-stadium experience and what 
fan sought for the shows, I thought they did an excellent job, actually. I mean, obviously, there was the problem with the kinetic sun, <laughs> which was a massive problem. Let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, and we've spoken at length about how much, how ridiculous that whole kind of thing was. But yeah, I'll come back to you on the positive side, because I do think um, when people were in the plaza itself and the show itself, that's when fans finally got to get together and that's when we got to see a lot of people and meet people for the first time and see people's costumes and have that Eurovision experience and the stadium thing was great, you know, as long as you had the right tickets and all that. But you're right, the other fan stuff was a little bit tricky and, of course, the staging issue wasn't great. But the overall show, I thought, was, you know, it's not the best. And, yes, there was a couple little camera things, but no more than usual. Oh, for sure. Maybe not as quite as slick as Rotterdam, but no different than Israel. I didn't think it was... terrible shots in Israel. Yeah, I didn't think it was particularly bad as far as the TV production itself went. Not at all. But, I'm sorry, the faux pas with the stage was unforgivable. If you're going to have a whole bunch of, you know, performers relying on this and you've send out the technical specs and you have or everyone's performance revolving around this thing that doesn't revolve that's a massive massive screw up and yeah yeah i think by the time we got to the week of itself it was like okay well we've got to live with it i think we'll exactly. go back in time and years to come and see those performances go oh that big ugly black son of death you know yeah it's 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 kind of put a bit of a stain on on the competition but overall though it, it was i thought a very well done Eurovision without being amazing, without being terrible. Yeah, they um, stuck to their timing pretty well as well for Italians, so I thought that was a was a, an aspect of the show I was quite pleased with. Oh, well, look, there had to be a winner of Eurovision, Michael. We all know who it was. Tell everybody who won Eurovision, <laughs> just in case. You're coming in late. <laughs> well, well, Ukraine won, and this is Kalush Orchestra with Stefania. you last i think it was very raw for people you know people felt very strongly about this other winning or not feeling it should have won i think since then there's been quite a few things happening to kind of i really cement their places as true eurovision winners i feel anyway yeah i'm not sure why i mean i i am sure why (laughs) there was kind of some uh, trepidation about it but ultimately the song well and truly deserved it the performance deserved it and i think people have just moved on yeah, exactly. It's a, it was a very special moment. Um, I think I really like that they held on to that music video. They, they're very powerful music video. Mm. If you hadn't, haven't seen it, go and watch it. It may change your entire perspective of the song. They waited till after the competition. You know, if they put that out beforehand and really got it around, you know, that would have been even more playing on the emotions to win and could have put more fodder for people to, to have a crack. I must say, everyone I've come back to in Australia who are casual fans, they're like... Yeah, Ukraine wouldn't have won, would they, otherwise? But, you know, it doesn't matter, and I feel like it probably mattered less when you're over in Europe as well. Hmm, No, I will agree with that. Um, There's always going to be sort of question marks in the air because of the situation surrounding Ukraine, but ultimately they've walked away with the crown. Yeah, and they've done well chart-wise. The song is Hmm. charting very well. It was played a rage, just like music channel we have over here which i was like gobsmacked it was played there as well which is which is awesome and the other thing i feel like there was that three songs behind but there was no one song that really stood out and we've said this before as like 
I'm the winner. If it was any other year, I would have won. So I think in that way, it almost makes it a little bit easier in a way because there wasn't like, oh, it beat the arcade or it beat the toy mm. or it beat the Amar Palos Dois. There was three songs that almost scored the same points. Exactly. There was a chasing pack rather than one. If it was a 2017 situation where perhaps you had a standout uh, runner-up in, in Christian, um, you could have said, oh, well, he could have maybe taken the crown. I'm sorry, I think it was any th- any of those three from the chasing pack possibly could have won. So no one can feel individually aggrieved too much, I don't think. Well, look, I think people have moved their attention away from them winning or not to the question, Michael, where is it going to be hosted next year? Oh, gosh, if I knew that, I'd be the $64,000 question, isn't it? And it's going to be something I think is going to rage on for quite a few months uh, at this stage. I don't think this is going to be settled very easily. I understand the Ukrainian point of view for them, dragging the hosting thing out for as long as they can for sort of, you know, I want to say publicity is not really the right word, but for visibility reasons, yep. then um, then I can understand. But ultimately, I think come September, uh, the EBU and the rest of the participating nations will say, no, we need some clarity. We need a decision made. And I don't think we'll get anything before then. Yeah, I think it, I agree with you. I think it'll be a while. I think a soft power use in a way. Mm. I think they've talked, and this is in the news outside of Eurovision world, which is far more important, that you know Western media will lose interest quickly. It's very hard to keep a story like even an invasion mm. and a war in Europe on the front of news and to keep the attention up of the general public this da- these days. So if yep. you've got something like this as a bit of a thing just to keep using now and again, mm-hmm. I, I, it keeps it in people's minds. I know it sounds frivolous, but it is important. And I think they can see the importance of it. Oh, for sure. And EBU have got to, they've got to entertain it. You, you've got to, it's never going to happen. They're never going to host but they've got to entertain it. I couldn't or imagine perceived so. to be entertaining. Exactly. It. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine they are in a position financially, you know, infrastructure-wise to host it. So I think realistically, we're not going to Ukraine. I think we can say that with kind of full heartedness. Yes. Uh, it'll just be about who else is going to want to step up and and want to perhaps fill that void and co-host with Ukraine mm. um, because that's what it'll be. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where that direction goes. Yeah, a country will need to want to take the back seat um, and let them drive a lot because that'll be uh, to, to play it properly. Uh, but a lot of people put their hands up. Netherlands uh, have, Poland have, uh, Italy has... I think even to Switzerland or Spain, I can't remember. But even, but a lot of the names thrown around very much include UK. We did a fan survey recently, and half of fans feel that UK should host their runner-up. They're a big five nation, um, but there's not a lot of word out of it. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's not happening in behind the scenes. If UK would be interested or not? Yeah, absolutely. We are obviously not privy to all the conversations that are going on, but I'd imagine there's some, yeah, some pretty let's say, concrete things being discussed, I'd imagine. Yeah. I, my money at the moment would be between UK or Poland. I would suggest that as well. And talking about UK, I think another of the stories, other than you know Ukraine winning and Italy hosting, was very much the redemption story, particularly of the UK and Spain, second and third. And they have been you know really struggling for a long time. And it was just... So wonderful to see them do so well, particularly for their fans who are both really passionate in very different ways. Yeah, massive sets of fans, aren't they? The UK and the Spanish fans. Um, look, it's probably been the storyline, particularly for the English-speaking press coming out of it, has been the UK. Um, look, it's it's just 
interesting to see how everything could be turned on its head basically in the in a matter of a couple of months isn't it from being this toxic awful brand that it was being sold as to oh my god here's our eurovision hero Mm -hmm. um and and so it's just interesting i mean hopefully the you know the afterglow can go on a bit further than just a few months but now it's up to the uk to keep going like get us and you know get us another sam kind of thing i know that's easier said than done but it's going to be a tough act to follow. Yeah, he's almost on too well. <laughs> but no, in a really good way. He, he went to number one in the UK, did he? Or did no, he go to number two. two? He got okay. to number two, That's which still pretty is good. In, incredible. Hmm. Um, and the fact, you know, he's performing at the Platinum Party at the Palace, you know, in his Union Jack Boiler suit. Everyone loving it. Ooh. He just performed at Wembley the other day. There's strong rumours he'll be touring Australia actually soon as well. He is doing well. He's getting commercial radio play here on like Nova and big commercial radio stations. So Ooh. he's done so well out of this. And you're right. They need to use this as the stepping stone of a long-term thing. Because like 2009, they came fifth. And then next year, they sent Josh, Josh Dubovi with that terrible song, The Poor Guy. And they killed that momentum that they gained pretty much immediately. So, well, one with of, tap music, they well, should one of the be fine, excuses right? we always got told was nobody wants to do it. Oh, nobody with a nobody who's got a decent name wants to do it. Well, surely they'd be clamoring, now. clamoring to do it now. But I guess it's in the hands of tap now, yeah. so they can find the right person for luck. They did a good job this time. Let's see if they can do it again. There's so much positivity and optimism. It's wonderful. And the Ooh. fans are massively happy. And no, we don't know why the Australian jury didn't give him any points. I tell you what, we were getting bombarded yes. with comments um, on all our videos, DM messages, emails. Treacherous kangaroos that we were Basically. or whatever. Like, and there was know. a lot of really fun, good-natured ones. Little, but... There was some kind of Spanish style crazy fans that you're getting super angry with us. I'm like, we're not the jury. Calm down. And speaking of Spain, she's done really, really well. I'm seeing um, her song pop up in Spotify charts all around Latin America and South America. So she's getting good airplay. And fingers crossed again from an excellent Benny Dorm Fest, we can see some good some good performers come into that as well because it was a massive turnaround for Spain as well, to be honest, my favourite of the competition. I, I know, probably my second favourite. I've, I've watched it every day, I must <laughs> say. But they took different approaches. UK had to go internal. They had to to get the right person. Spain had to do this showcase, this kind of going in a direction of they're trying to do a kind of mini San Remo by the beach kind of thing. And it is the right direction for the Spanish music scene. So it's worked. It might not work every year. Both of them probably won't do as well next year. But as long as they have it, they keep it going. Stay in there. Don't don't get too down if the one thing doesn't work. Just keep going with what you're doing. It's keep been the, amazing. Keep the consistency of the selection process for Spain, I think, is important because they've been all over the place. So just keep this going. Yeah, <laughs> Every year's sure. probably not going to be a top five, but you will get eventually good quality coming through consistently. Exactly. And you might have an off year. I still think France are doing the right thing. They, had, mm. they didn't get the result this year. But you just take one on the chin occasionally and you get up and you keep going. And I think that's what France will do as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I guess we'll talk about the French national final a little later on. We will. Just a couple of other redemptions, I must say. Sweden came back with a bang. A good fourth place could have easily been top three. More importantly, did well with the public vote. 
Um, you know, came six overall, just behind Sam, so in the public vote. And so I think they've got a lot to be proud of there. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Melfest, isn't it? It, it is what it is. It, it's its own show. Obviously, going to Eurovision is the end product, but ultimately it's about being successful in the Swedish market. So on this occasion, they got a song that resonated with Europe. Will it happen next year? Who knows? We'll see what this week's pick. And another one I want to mention, uh, Redemption. One of the big hitters in the past, Serbia, has come back and got a fifth place. They've always just been there. They've mm. been in the teens constantly for a long time without ever really threatening. And they did really well in in a classic, iconic performance. It was one of those ones that got momentum, wasn't it? It yeah. really, really did get momentum by the time it got to Italy and and we all had little fears that maybe it was a bit esoteric and no one's really going to understand it. But no, it, it, it shone through that screen. You know, even got eight points from the tally vote in Australia for a song completely in a different language and, yep. you know, something we would have no idea what's going on, which is probably a good thing for Australian tally voters. <laughs> yeah, totally. We do like that sometimes. <laughs> and talking which, I think this is the other story that came out of it again, a language. So this kind of got lost a little bit because of Ukraine's win, but we had another song, mm-hmm. Not In English, win, 2017, 2021, 2022. Mm. Three of the last five, when we didn't have anything for a very long time. Also, you look at Spain, third place. You look at Serbia, fifth place. Italy, in sixth place. Like, you had a lot. Of, you had a Lithuanian song in Lithuanian come mm. 14th. That authenticity is what's the most important thing because every one of that top five songs sounded like a song from that country. Mm. And that's what works. The British song sounded British. The Swedish song sounded good Swedish. Even Moldova doing their thing. You know, it. that's the new theme of Eurovision. Yeah, it seems to be we're in that kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, that era the era of language and authenticity. Look, a couple of countries I think should take notice of that. Ireland and Germany. Stop apologising for being Irish and stop apologising for being German. Like, embrace it. Do something with it. Like, you can see it's obviously working for other countries. Exactly. So, yeah, it's really interesting. We we left that Swedish era and we've gone to this new one and that's why countries like Italy are doing so well Mm -hmm. because that's all... It's always about their national final. They send what they send. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. They don't give a... They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. And it's what the countries are changing their kind of um, mm. set up to do it, especially the Spanish as well. That's the right direction to go. And a lot of countries should definitely take notice of that, not just Ireland and Germany there They're two that well. stick out for me. Oh, they are. I would definitely say so. <laughs> now, there was a couple of downsides, though, Mike. Um, scoring. Now, mm. during the show itself... We saw a lot of Martin. Yeah, we did see a lot of Martin Ostadar. Mr. Worldwide. He mm. was giving a lot of points there. And the reasons were because a number of juries were caught, well, fiddling the books. Colluding. Colluding. Collusion. Collusion. <laughs> In the semifinal, particularly. Look, very disappointing to hear. It really does sort of challenge the legitimacy of the entire contest. We always talk about some people vote for other people all the time. Somehow that's excusable. But, I mean, when you're getting five nations together to really rig or try and get their own acts through and distort the, the results, that's more than just, you know, Cyprus voting for Greece and Greece voting for Cyprus. That's, that's, we're talking another level here. It was interesting the way the, you know, the different delegations reacted to it. No one ever, no one ever said sorry. They all just went, it was handled poorly, mm. you know. And I guess there's questions to be asked about the EBU 
why didn't you do something about it after the second semi-final? And why did you wait till the grand final? I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, to them, I think it's like we've caught you red-handed with the semi-final results. We're not going to tip you off prior to the grand final, where perhaps they should have and said, look, those results are unacceptable. Mm. You, you've got another chance to vote in the grand final. Do the right thing. Yeah, it was It was kind of... The whole thing was a bit weird. Um, mm. It was the right action, I felt, to take in terms of, of not allowing those kind of votes. I agree. But maybe the approach could have been a little bit better. Mm. And they did take some time to come out with the transparency of communication. Because when they did, it was great. They were like, this is a reason. These are the countries. Here are the stats. Here is what everything is. Mm-hmm. That, just do it straight away. Yeah. I don't understand. This has been... This, there's a slow to slow communication at times. And, and it was very, get that better. very confusing on grand final night. Like, oh, we can't connect with Azerbaijan or we can't connect with Romania or whatever. It's like, why are you spinning us this yarn? Yeah. Just it's a bit more transparency. Yeah. And it makes also, it kind of makes the, the Rye look bad because it almost feel like it's their problem on a technical front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. Someone hadn't paid the internet bill or yeah. something. You and know. I mean, you had shots, you know, of the people getting waiting to read out their votes and... How was this not communicated How earlier? Not communicated? Yeah. Like, so, you know, they've done the wrong thing, but you've got to also do the right thing in your mm. feedback. But... Overall, it's good it's been um, signaled out and it does send the right message because we've been, we've in previous ones gone, how can when you've got Portugal and um, Bulgaria in 2017 give them each other really low scores and, you know, these are one-off things, but Mm. if you're going to at least signal right now that this collusion is wrong, then maybe people will think twice before doing something so obvious to vote down their competitors. Mm. There's always going to be some neighbourly cultural voting. It exactly. happens with the Balkans, it happens with Scandinavians, it happens with um, Greece and Cyprus. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It just is. Yeah. Um, but collusion... This was another... Matter. This was a step in... This was another level, though. Definitely. So that something had to be done, and I'm glad the EBU did. I'm glad they're acting. Hmm. But it has left a bit of a stain on the contest, and to be honest, it's left a bit of a stain on Poland. If they want to be hosting next year... Don't go around cheating. <laughs> it's going to be. It's an interesting one because I thought they probably would have been favourites to host, but now you're going to be like, okay, here's Poland to host next year. Well done, thank mm. you. What well, a punishment! We, yeah. What a punishment for cheating. <laughs> we'll, you get to host. We'll wait and mm. see. We'll, we'll see. see. Well, we can't look back at the whole season, Dale, without looking back at Australia as well. So let's have a quick listen, Sheldon Riley. Not the same. Not the same. and Australia finishing in 15th place this year. Dale, what are your thoughts on Australia this year? Well, I think we did everything we had to do this year. Hmm. It was so important for Australia to be in the grand final after missing last year. And I really felt we had a safe pair of hands with Sheldon and that amazing vocal, that really good performance and a song that was always going to appeal to particularly the jury. I, I think he's done a great job. 15th place is a good result. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's this is not out of twenty five. This is out of forty songs, and we've come fifteenth. It's only only not that far off the top half. I think that's where they wanted to get. There are only a couple of places off that, and I think Australia has started to lower our expectations of always coming second or fifth. Mm-hmm. 
And I think we just have to go, you know what? There's nothing wrong with the 15th. Oh, That's no. a very solid result. Very much so. I thought his jury score was fantastic. Um, obviously, we can probably talk about tally vote in a moment. But you're right. We had to get back into that grand final. It was really important for SBS, for Eurovision, the brand here in Australia, to, to get those ratings on that Sunday night, which is our primetime show here. So in order to do that, we needed to be there. So it was tick, tick, tick. All that was achieved. Um, yeah, you know, and it was with the song that we thought the juries were going to go for, and they certainly did in the semi final came second with excellent performance and um did very well top 10 in the juries come the grand final yeah exactly i think number one ratings were up massively i mean they were up even on some uh, for some of the numbers on 2019 with kate Mm. with that remarkable performance so there was a lot of renewed interest this year because straight decides ratings weren't that that crash hot so it was wonderful to see such a good strong result so that was a big plus uh top 10 in the jury almost got the eighth place never Netherlands just got in front of it as well. <laughs> really solid jury score there. And a second place in semi-final. That was a tough semi. Yeah. I was so shocked to see us come second. Not because I didn't rate, you know, Sheldon, but because it was a tough semi and I, I was worried about qualifying. I mean, I'm always worried about qualifying. <laughs> and so to come second was it was a remarkable thing. So we achieved, I reckon, 95% of what they wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. I know they wanted top half and that's 13th and we came 15th. Mm-hmm. So a couple, literally about... 10 or 20 points off yeah alright shall we talk about the tally vote in the grand final uh, <laughs> unfortunately that is one of the big stories right it is and it's it does leave a little bit of a bitter taste after what was an excellent performance I guess there's a lot of factors in it isn't there our spot in the running order wasn't fantastic even though we were fairly late in the piece is what you want but being wedged between Sweden the UK and then having Poland follow up after that as well kind of put us in a very crowded area not that I think what how many more votes would we have got from Europe we've got a tally vote block going on well look okay so I think the biggest issue that people have a, a problem with from here is in the past when we've got a very low tally vote, Isaiah, you know, people were like, well, that song didn't have any bells and whistles. It wasn't the best vocal we've ever heard in our lives. Mm. Jessica didn't do as vocally as well in the final than she did in the semi and the staging wasn't that, that great. Even though I don't think Sheldon was quite as sharp as the semi, the vocal was amazing. Mm. The staging was impactful. Um, Probably the song just wasn't maybe a song for the tally vote. Plus, we had a lot of male ballads there. True. And everyone scored very low in those big male ballads. Mm-hmm. Switzerland did. Azerbaijan did. Yeah. Um, and a few others mid-tempo like Belgium did. And there was so much tally vote at the top. So a lot of things went against us. Mm. But when you've got at least 10 to 20%, at least who go, Australia shouldn't be there on the Saturday night. This is why we do well in the semis and struggle on the grand final sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because you get the casual viewers watching, 80 more million people watching than normal, who are more casual. You've got to, we've either got to wow them. They either go, okay, we'll reward you. You've done amazing. Mm. If we don't do stellar, amazing, remember Kate only got 130 points, Mm. then we get under 10. Yeah. It's kind of do or die, isn't it? It's it's like... (laughs) It's very black and white. It is very black and white with us, isn't it? Let's talk about future direction for Australia. What do you think, you know, where we could be going with our music? Because, you know, we had a very good performance this year. Came 15th. I thought that's pretty good. Where can we go from here? This is the right step to take. And I think Australia decides is still the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, We probably need more variety 
um, this year. I thought we had more variety in 2020 of kind of musical styles than we did last year. We did have the rock of Voyager, which was the one showcase one that Ooh. stood out. Well, I, I would like to get a bit more of a spread. Um, yeah, it felt a little bit too more, a bit safer. And I understood why it was safer because we needed to be safe to get that result. Next year, I think, and even the, tele- the Australian public voted safer, I felt. Mm-hmm. Next year, I think we'll be looking at risks again. I think we'll be looking at risks from the public and the uh, end from um, potentially from from SBS and Blink about what they want to do as well. Yeah, you've been pretty vocal about just send some good solid pop again. And try and stick it, stay stay clear of the shall we say more theatrical kind of songs that perhaps. Do you think you know? Do you think that that could be a direction? Because I will agree with you. I felt Australia decides this year was in the safe column. Mm. Let's get 10 songs that could do very well at the contest. Yeah. Who could qualify? Who could qualify? Exactly. I think um I think we have been we have a view in Australia about what Eurovision is and it's quirky and it's theatrical and there is elements of that. And look at our, our last two in the grand final. Kate and Sheldon. Like Sh- Sheldon obviously we've talked about the televote. Even Kate, she was up you know, six meters in the air, flying around, doing whatever. She only got 130 points mm-hmm. in the tally vote. She came ninth. Like, we're never going to get better than that in a theatrical sense. Hmm. So we're, we'll never do better in oh, terms of a, of a performance yep. Yep. descent. Like, it was iconic. And we came ninth. Mm-hmm. What got us our top fives? Good, solid pop sung by good, solid artists. I'm still there for the indie stuff. Like, I still think we can do something that's magic. I think what Voyager brought was different. I thought what Electric Fields brought was different. Needed some polish for both of those. But I think that's what we need. Good polished pop. That's what Australia is known for. Hmm. I think it's a shame Montaigne um, with Don't Break Me didn't get her chance on the stage because I think that is kind of that solid Australian pop. With an indie edge. With an indie edge. Yeah, so, I yeah, it. no, yeah. I kind of I kind of agree. I mean, who knows? We might get someone on a pole with feathers next year knowing Australia decides. Who knows? But I uh, want rock or indie or pop. Give me some country. Or, or some EDM. Yeah. Yeah, anything. Like something that's Australian music industry because... You know, that's not commercial radio. We need something that's going to be played on radio as well. Yeah, it's a balance to strike, isn't it? We've got to look back at Australia Decides as well, Michael, because, Mm -hmm. you know, look, yes, it was a bit safe, but I thought the quality overall was really good. This one felt like all 11 were somewhat competitive, you know, so I thought it was, and and the stage show itself was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the way we did it. Yeah, look, and look, the public chose Voyager as their number one. Obviously, Sheldon was just behind there. So there was something different uh, amongst there as well. Then we had things like G Nation, a girl band doing something really different, which was really good. And Charlie, which I thought had a really good European sound. I actually think Charlie was one of the ones that, you know, could have gone over and qualified even as well. We so had Andrew Lambrew with some um, EDM, sort of European style EDM, which I thought was interesting. And so. we saw that Romania made that work. So he mm. wasn't up maybe to that standard, but it was wasn't necessarily the wrong direction so mm. there was a couple of tiny risks mm. <laughs> tiny but um maybe pushing the boat out a little bit more for 2023 but just wonderful to have the show back and i really hope it is back there again next year yeah let's hope so i mean it's great to have a national final and you're right let's let's hopefully we'll get a little bit more daring with a couple of the entries because i think there's room for it Well, let's talk about the national final season outside of Australia Decides, Michael. It came back with a bang this year. 26 national finals. 
There was a lot. There was a lot. Obviously, we had a lot of internal selections last year with returning artists, etc., because of the uh, pandemic. So it was nice to see sort of, you know, the full smorgasbord being uh, back delivered again. Yeah, it was great. It was a really good national final season. Lots of early mornings, a lot of amazing Aussie Vision contributors helping us cover the whole season. We're going to talk about a couple of the national finals that stood out for us maybe not always the best ones but Mm. the ones that stood out for different reasons what are we going to start with um well we're going to start with spain with benedorm fest let's have a listen to i mama by rigoberta bandini First year up for Benidorm Fest, and I have to say, this was definitely one that really jumped out and sort of captured the imagination straight away. I thought they did a cracking job, the Spaniards, with their national final. Yeah, it really reminded me when Destination Eurovision came in for France, Mm. and you could see there was a real seriousness. They were taking the contest, and they were really wanting to do something with it. Great artists, some really well-known names, some great songs. Um, and it was just a wonderful national final. The Everything from the hosting to the show to the semis to the drama. Mm. I loved it. I really loved Benny Dornfest. This was the best national final and the Aussie Vision team's favourite of the year outside Australia decides. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree. They took it seriously. We've seen some Spanish national finals in the past just in a studio with some dancers all a little bit dinky. This one they went full on. They went full out with and I think they got the reward... Not that they knew it at the time <laughs> by picking Chanel and Salomo, but in, ultimately it really, really paid off. But interesting to note, it was the international jury or the jury that actually got her through, not the public vote. And that's interesting because actually third and fourth this year at Eurovision were two, two songs, Spain and Sweden, that were chosen by the international jury and not the public. Mm. So I think this does show sometimes you do need to, you don't just want a televote. Yep. There's a reason you want to replicate it as close as possible to what Eurovision is if you need a good result. Yep. Spain needed one. If you don't care what you sent and you want it to be about the people, go for your life. But if you don't qualify or you come 25th, you come 25th. Yep. Spain needed a result. Exactly. And that's what the whole process was for. It was about them finding the right song and the right artist to go. And they well and truly nailed it. So well done to them. Really looking forward to Benidorm Fest next year. Oh, yeah. I feel, I really hope they continue with this because mm. it's a wonderful music industry and there's so much they could bring and it could become... Uh, maybe not a Sanremo, but a mini version of it. And bring back Alaska for sure. Please. Another one we want to talk about here, Dale, is Estonia. This is Andre Zevigen and Greta Paya with Miss Nudsab. <laughs> Well, Mike, ever since we got into national finals, Estilao has been one of our absolute favourite national finals. Um, 
it has had some down years recently that has really dipped, but I felt like it came back with a bang. That final was stacked. There were some big names who were far down the list. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with Estonia is it's such a small country, but it can produce such good, an amount of good music for a national final. I did find their process interesting, the video quarterfinals going into the lives. I I did have my doubts whether it was going to work, but ultimately what they ended up with in their final was terrific, and I thought they had a really good choice, um, and they chose correctly, I thought, as well. An excellent edition of Istilau, which I thought was flailing a little bit for the last couple of years and maybe just changing up it brought more people in try to do something different you Mm. had look you had a lot of big names this time obviously stefan who won you had um stig back yagoop back Mm. you had otlepland back but then you had all these other people like minimal wind where the hell did they come from Mm. you know and they did really well and came through so you always have that wonderful mix with estonia of really established artists and a lot of up-and-coming artists come together to create something fantastic. Mainly the established artists win in the end, but it Mm -hmm. makes a great national final. Mm. My only criticism would be, in that lot of quarterfinals, pretty much every time the established artist was guaranteed to get in from the votes. Mm. So if you're going to do it, you might even want to take a Norwegian approach, which I would never normally say, (laughs) and say, just put the big artists through, and maybe with all the other ones, do your video kind of quarterfinal. It was an interesting one. I thought I thought it was an interesting and a daring take to do that kind of video um, quarterfinal thing. But hey, it paid off for them, I think. It paid off. They got the result in the end. 12th place for Stefan. And wonderful for, to watch someone over the years, Odessi mm. Lau, Stefan, get his chance and come with a great song and do a great performance. And do better than I expected him to do. I was worried about him, you know, going last. But hey, he got 12th place at Eurovision. Well done, Estonia. Yeah, he's been knocking on the door for quite a while, hasn't he, in the Istilal sort of uh, circuit. So good to see him finally make the stage. All right, the other one we want to talk about, UMK Finland. This is Bess Rampampam. the reason why we want to talk about UMK is because it is a completely different sort of style than the multi-week ones. This is a one-off, small field, but I tell you what, they pack some punch. And I think the reason why they do is because they're not afraid to make some bold decisions with it and give a variety of different music and styles. Yeah, this is where I would like to see Australia getting as close to. Actually, mm. I feel like Finland is probably the closest of where we're, we're almost at. And we're probably trying to get um, is that really good, broad mix of genres with good quality. Make it about quality, not quantity. I don't think Australia is ever going to have a semi-final situation and all that. Like, as SBS is a small broadcaster, we have this one event a year on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Even if they went to another city, it'd be the same. You might have an online thing or something. But keep it tight, keep it small, and keep different types of music. And they've got good results of this new approach. Not that one artist chooses a song or whatever. They've had, you know, last year, they made the grand final two years in a row. And for Finland, that's great. And they made top 10 last year. Didn't do as well, but made the grand final. And to be honest, 
Finland struggled for a long time. Making the grand final was a victory. Yeah, I have to say, I wasn't a massive fan of the song they chose from their national final. <laughs> but at least I think they had, with that smaller field, they did have quality there. And they had some different genres. So, yes, you can do a small selection and you can pack some punch into it. And I think that's what Finland does very, very well. They take it very seriously. They stage it very well. You can see the whole thing is organised very, very well. Oh, the production's great. The songs are great. And it's such a different take than Estonia across the Baltic. Mm-hmm. You've got 40 songs over quarterfinals forever versus one night, seven songs, bam, and hit it. It shows that you've just got to find the right thing for your country, your mm-hmm. right music scene, and where you are in your Eurovision journey. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a one-size-fits-all sort of solution. Each country's different. Each market is different. So, yeah, don't be afraid to vary it up. All right, shall we quickly go through the other national finals Mm. one by one? Let's rate (laughs) how these go overall, Michael. Mm. Let's start. Albania. It was okay. The top two songs I thought had a chance to do well at Eurovision. Apart from that, it fell off pretty quickly, I thought. Probably one of the weakest um, Festival Congress in years. I love Albania, but it wasn't amazing. I agree. It needs to come back big next time. Mm -hmm. All right, we've done Australia already. Croatia, Dora. Not bad, not great. Um, I think there was a problem for Croatia, and I'll I'll lump Serbia in this one as well. They arrived late to the party, just when all the others were coming to a culmination and rah-rah-rah, they had to try and edge their way in there. So somehow it just just almost got overlooked a little bit, certainly from from my point of view, that's for sure. Yeah, it did get overlooked. And then even from watching the songs and going back on it, I thought Dora's was much stronger last year Mm -hmm. than it has been in the past, but... Yeah, I would play around with that format in the future. There's too many songs. I would make it tighter. Croatia's struggling at the moment. Poor things. Mm-hmm. Czech Republic, another one. Tight, small. Go for the young artists. And it's been doing well for them. Just don't stop what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, again, the international people chose uh, <laughs> We Are Domi to get through. The domestic audience wanted the other one. But hey, it, it seems to be going well for you. Exactly. And also the one bad year they had from last year wasn't chosen. It was no. Benny was. But the year before, he, I, I would argue, he had a better song. Much better song. Yeah. So, so far, this is ESCZ is working. Czech mm. Republic, keep it up. And I thought good quality yet again. Denmark. Gonna Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know. I I mean, I find the, I, I found it terminally boring this year, to be honest, but that's what they do. Yeah. Next year, they'll probably have a cracking song, you know? I thought 2020 was a great Dance Melody Grand Prix. I think they've really struggled, and I thought this was the worst yet, and only Full Defect gave me any kind of life, mm. but I think that would have done badly as well. Mm. Um, Estonia, we've talked about. Finland, we've talked about. France, Seivuki Deside. It was good. I thought it was good. It, it was good. It wasn't probably the top-notch quality we've seen from France before, but they probably had about three songs that may have done pretty well at Eurovision, and ultimately that's what you want from a, a national final. They came 24th. I know, but that was probably just a, a you know, I don't know how I can even explain that. There's just something fell very flat about it, but... I don't know, would Pauline have done better? Would SOA have done better? You well, know, I don't that's think my so. kind of thing. I don't think mm. they had three. I think they had three songs that were Eurovision worthy. Mm-hmm. And I thought 24th was a little harsh, but it was a strong overall year. Mm. Um, I thought it wasn't their strongest since they've come back with the national finals. Probably been the weakest, I felt. Mm. But even their weakest is, is pretty better good. than a lot of the yeah, other national absolutely. finals. So it wasn't mm. weak. Mm. It was just, I felt their weakest one. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Germany. Bin it. Just, I don't know. I, I just don't know what 
they're trying to do. I mean, obviously they went for the whole pop radio friendly is going to give us a good result and it didn't. I don't know. They, they just need to taste. Be German. Stop trying to be pan-European and just be German. Well, at least throw a couple of different things in there in the mix. Mm. Yeah. And Vox Club went and they dogged them. So yeah, I, I know. know. I know. Mm. Yeah, but a lot of Ger- other Germans wouldn't like that as well. Mm. But anyway, I thought it was, yeah, it was very poor. It mm. was a very, very poor national final. Iceland. I thought it was poor. I know people love... Daughters of Reykjavik. The, and yeah, the other whatever. One, yeah. But no, it didn't work for me. It, I just... I thought it was pretty flimsy. Ultimately, it, I thought it was a pretty poor one back to bad years. But they got into the grand final, which was a hmm. massive victory, I felt. Absolutely. Ireland. Good to see them have one. You know, I mean, it was pretty basic, let's be honest. But at least they had one. Something to build on. Hmm. It was bad, but something to build on. <laughs> yes. Uh, Israel. X Factor. It was an X Factor thing. Yeah. yeah. I, it got no excitement. It wasn't great. And the Binder, well, they're choosing it internally next year. And I think it, that is actually the right. It's time for Israel to change. It's been working for them. And mm. now it's, this is what you need to do. Pivot and yeah, change. Fair enough. Italy, Sanremo. Um, it was a good year without being a stellar year. I well, thought last for, year for was Sanremo. insanely good. Exactly. So, so it was hard to back that up. This year was amazing. I mm. loved it. It was fantastic. Those five yeah. days were phenomenal and I love San Remo now. <laughs> Latvia. Gosh, they're struggling, aren't they? As far as results at Eurovision go. Um, look, it is what it is. I don't have a massive music industry. I would persist with Supernova um, and just try and fingers crossed you get some good songs. That's all I'm thinking. Weirdly, I think it's actually been quite good Supernova the last few years, but they're just not getting the results. They'll, mm. they'll strike gold because I enjoyed Latvia this year. I thought it was fun, mm. um, but maybe they just need something, a few more quality entries to mm. go in with the funness. Yes. Well, Lithuania, I'll jump in here. I thought it was a dreadful <laughs> national final. One of the worst I've seen in years. But ultimately, they came 14th. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, obviously they had Monica and they had Lolita Zero were probably the only two that anyone was going to take any notice of. And ultimately, they got a good result out of it. I mean, quite surprising. But I, I would just be like Latvia, just keep going and hopefully you get something that's good Lithuania remarkably <laughs> is getting good Eurovision results and they've only had one good year as a national final hmm. you know 2020 was superb yeah. um, the rest have been rubbish <laughs> um, Malta good to see them back good yeah. to see them back I mean was it a, an amazing array of music probably not but it was a good show they take it very seriously they're very passionate about it yeah, it's, I'd prefer this than go and buy a song from Symphonics, put it that way. Yeah, true, true. I, I like what they're doing. They take it seriously. It's a bit of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's going to Malta's going to Malta. North Macedonia, <laughs> you could barely call this a national final. They just did the videos and they did something. But I guess at least they tried something. It's almost of the um, sort of Czech Republic model, isn't it? Just chuck some videos out there and pick one. So, yeah, look. I've seen worse. <laughs> and hey, they came 11th in the semi-final, which was my head-scratcher result of the mm. entire year. But for North Macedonia, that's actually not a bad result, even though it was an NQ. Mm-hmm. Norway. Yeah, not a stellar MGP for me, unfortunately, because I think they can have some ripper national finals. And ultimately, it's all about what makes the nas- the grand final. And I just I thought it was a bit of a letdown this year from Norway. Yeah, real consistent performer at Eurovision. Amazing results over a long period of time. But that MGP format seems to be getting worse and worse every year. Mm. I'd almost like them to go back to just that final or just make those early stages a lot shorter yeah maybe do two semi-finals and a final yeah exactly Poland 
Yeah, good to see them have a national final, an actual real national final. I thought they had some good quality there. I thought Daria probably could have done well at the competition as well as as Christian. So, yeah, look, keep persisting, please, Poland. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, I thought almost mm. in the Finnish model, this was good. Um, mm. I like what they've had to put together, and I hope they keep it up because they got a fantastic result. Mm-hmm. Um, Portugal. Yeah. You know, it's Festival de Cansao is exactly what it is. It does a good job. It's almost like a San Remo. You please yourselves, send whoever you send, and we'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> and, and we've been dealing with it pretty well. And yep. they've been doing well. I think the mm. quality of FTC has got a lot better in the last couple of years. More variety, not just a whole bunch of Ballas and Fado. Exactly. Like there's a little bit more, a little bit modern. Comes yeah. to, almost like a triple J Portugal. <laughs> Another one that's not afraid to have a bit of a dip and chuck in some different genres in there. So keep going. Well done. Exactly. Oh, Romania, what a mess. Yeah, just been that, the whole thing. It was just a mess. Make it shorter. I mean, good to see them have a national final again. Thank you. But gosh, not what a, that. What a process. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a process. What a, San Marino. Stop. <laughs> Just stop whatever you're doing and never do it again. But apparently they are coming back with Unavoce. Oh, God so help keep us. your hand on your wallet if you're out there. I swear to God, someone's making some money out of it. All right, Serbia, which was not Bear Vizia, the mm. new format, which is the same as the old one, I thought it was very good, very good quality yet again. It is. Unfortunately, like I said, for me, it got a little bit lost at the sort of, you know, business end of the season there. But no, they always do a good job, the Serbs. They've always got a lot of um, enthusiastic artists as well. Mm. Slovenia. Yeah, look, I didn't think the overall quality was amazing, but they're only a small country, and I like their kind of fresh process as well as the, you know, EMMA process. So I think they do what they do well. Yeah. For what they've got. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think they chose the right entry, mm. uh, even though I did enjoy it. Uh, but I, I like what they're playing around with, uh, maybe. They played around with a bit too much this year, and the fresh one had a lot of time to build momentum because mm. Disco was one from the young ones, mm. and I think the other ones, it got better as it went through, so you kind of need that more immediate appeal. I didn't, I didn't think they had a lot to choose from, unfortunately. Oh, they kind of... Yeah, anyway. Mm. Um, Spain, <laughs> we're talking about Sweden. What did you think of Melfest this year? Look, it was a good Melfest without being a, a fantastic one. They did have some good songs. I thought the you know there's probably a good half a dozen songs there that were really really good. Um, it is Melfest. Melfest is Melfest. It's the first outside of the the Bjorkman era, so obviously they were going to find their feet a little bit. But look, it is what it is. I'm sure they'll be back with a vengeance next year. Exactly. Teething problems, I think, for the <laughs> first one back. <laughs> but overall, it was still it wasn't a stellar one. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't it was terrible. Fine. Yeah. It was exactly. fine. Yeah. And finally, Ukraine, Vidbur. Mm, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? I thought they had some very good songs. Um, look, it was a difficult position they were in. Obviously, there was a lot of hoo-ha and a bit of drama going on there as well after the result. But, um, I mean, Vidbur is, is always good quality. Again, small field, good quality, mm. smash it out, get good results pretty much most of the time. So they are doing the, whatever they're doing and it's working, but I imagine maybe next year it'll be interesting to see what they do. They probably might just go internal. Possibly, yes. It's pretty hard to tell at this point. Exactly. Well, our last part of our season finale is our traditional 
favorite songs of the year, Michael. Now we get one each and we have a shared one. Um, do you want to kick us off even with some highly commended as well? Yeah, just a couple of highly commended from me before I go through my favorite. And um, one for me comes from the Polish National Final, Daria with Paranoia. She was the runner-up to Christian in the end. She actually won the jury over Christian, which was, I will never get my head around, but uh, the tally vote didn't go her way. Yeah, well, it was a good performance and she had an interesting week. She certainly did. She certainly did. A good, uh, I think it would have done okay at Eurovision had it got the ticket. Now, my other highly commended here, Dale, is from Estonia. Now, it's Permud and Shira with Golden Shores. Now, as I mentioned before, songs sometimes don't really translate live as they are in the <laughs> studio. And I will say perhaps this one is a case for Golden Shores as well, but a cracking song nonetheless. It was a good song. I know you and quite a lot of other people love that, but yeah, I do agree. The live did not quite come together. <laughs> and my pick of the bunch from national final season this year, well, it comes from the Irish national final, Dale, one of the much maligned Irish songs, but it's Patrick O'Sullivan, One Night, One Kiss, One Promise. When you say that Shadows Ghost-like Hiding from the bedroom lights Can't explain this feeling Rest your head on my heart It's beating Hair tossed in eyes Never wanna close them Time to be honest One night, one kiss, one promise God, I thought this might be coming. We did a bonus episode for our patrons earlier in the season, and you did have this very high, Ooh. and it's taken it out for you again. Why? There's so- <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Why? There is there's just something so authentic, I think, about this song, and particularly his delivery. Now, if you can still you can still catch it on YouTube, his live performance, plus also the studio on this one. He does sing it with almost an Irish accent in places as well. So I think it, it's quite quite endearing and I just like the song I think it's really really catchy I have to say would it have done well at Eurovision maybe not no but um, (laughs) the same token I I still love the song and I still listen to it I really really like it it was on the right path of doing something Mm. I liked the little Irish lilt he had going in there and had very you know high pants on as well (laughs) high waisted pants but um, yeah there was something nice there and maybe if they could just build on that to make it just a little bit more contemporary yeah because it was a bit yeah it's probably a little dated but I still like the song quite a lot oh fair enough All right. well from my side um, I've actually got three highly commended I always add an extra one in there Ertlepland with Alval Guses the Estonian beautiful ballad, very Robbie Williams circa two, early 2000s. Ooh, 20 years old. Yeah, hence why he didn't do that well, but I <laughs> loved it nonetheless. It was beautiful. It did, uh, it, it got a tear in my eye. It was so well performed. He's such a great vocalist. The other one, Raiden from Spain. Oh, Kaya Della Llorera. <laughs> Something along the, that line. Kaya Della Llorera. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, they, all the songs I love this year have really hard names, I must say. But I thought that was fantastic. Something really different. And that's what Spain needs to keep bringing. And also my third highly commended here, much maligned, Victor from North Macedonia with the wonderful Superman. You know what? 
you won't forget it. It's fantastic. But I tell you what, it wouldn't have come 11th in a semi-final. <laughs> no, I couldn't imagine it would have. It has got an earworm quality to it, I will admit that. Yeah, I love it. But look, my absolute favourite from this year. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely fantastic. It was La Representante de Lista with a Chow Chow. Is an absolute bop of a song. It should have done a little bit better at San Ramo. Maybe their lives not quite as good as the as the studio, but it's it had Eurovision written all over it as well. This would be a great Eurovision song, and we did hear it everywhere in Italy. And I did like request every DJ and every bar to play it, and they were basically ignored me and told me to go away. It, it, I agree. It would have probably done quite well at Eurovision, to be honest. It is a very Eurovision-y kind of song. Um, it is it is very catchy, but unfortunately, the live doesn't really come up to where the studio is, unfortunately. But look, it's an absolute cracker of the song. Two years in a row, my favourite of the year of national finals has been Italian. Ooh. I was never into Sanremo before. Used to make fun of Italian music. And now I'm listening to like the Spotify Top 50 uh, in Italy on a regular basis so I don't know what has happened to me but this is a cracking song and um, yes very very well done to that performance yes very catchy alright well we do have a song that we've both agreed on which is pretty rare for us this national final season because we agreed on a lot of Eurovision songs but we didn't share a lot of tastes when it came to national finals did we no very different lists we had very very different lists now before we actually reveal that I just do want to do a quick thank you because I know this will be finishing off on the song but a massive thank you to the Aussie Vision team for the entire season without their contributions to everything we do we wouldn't be able to make this work particularly to Kyriakos and Liv who did a stellar job here in Australia while we're over in Italy for that Eurovision coverage and all year round as always. Oh very much so it is very much a team thing now Aussie Vision it isn't just us two. And of course we have to say big thank you to our patrons as well. You've been so supportive all season and we really appreciate it. There will be a few bonus episodes in the off season mm-hmm. and um, thank you so much. Again Aussie Vision wouldn't be what it is without your support. Yeah incredibly generous. Thank you so much and of course the most important thing to thank you to everyone everyone who's listened throughout the whole year this is the end of our sixth season so if you've been there from the start i can only apologize (laughs) yeah no thanks so much for everyone out there listening it is um yeah just quite mind-blowing at times it's been a great season thank you michael thank Thank you for a wonderful season yet again we haven't killed each other exactly thank you dale All right, well, what's the song we're going to finish on? Well, we're finishing on a Sanremo song again. This one is Dajan Demico with Dove Si Bala. See you later. Ciao. Dove si bala,
as always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at Aussie Vision Net. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.